A couple people have asked me to do an episode on self-policing. I used it a few episodes ago, the root word of bossy. And some people were really wanting a deeper explanation. I don't really explain there what self-policing is. We're going to go to the Oxford Living Dictionary. So there are two definitions for self-policing. One is a noun, the process of keeping order or maintaining control within a community without accountability or reference to an external authority. And an example of that being used correctly in a sentence. As for the accounting industry, the major lesson is that self-policing has failed. And then there's an adjective version of that, of a community independently responsible for keeping and maintaining order. And their example is, as long as the internet community was relatively small, it could be self-policing. And that's a really good example. Small communities can be really effectively self-policing if the culture is there for it. So if you think about um, there are certain enclaves within Tumblr that are really good at self-policing, somebody will stand up and say right away, like, hey, you can't treat this poster like that. You can't say those things. Here's why. And they tend to respond well. Again, within enclaves, the internet is a really big place now with a lot of people who are doing self-policing in good ways trying to get cyberbullying out of a community or bad ways using the internet to police out somebody who whose behavior is actually trying to change a problem and therefore it receives cyberbullying as a form of self-policing, so not good. And that gets us to the negative side. And the negative side is what I would call policing for survival. This happens particularly in large groups. If you think women are just about 50% of the population, but still considered a minority because patriarchy, and there's a lot of self-policing going on around womanhood and femininity and what the performance of those things look like. And the reason that I call it uh, self-policing for survival is the person who's doing it subconsciously or not subconsciously is pointing to somebody and saying, you're an outsider, you're doing this thing wrong. And by pointing to you and say, you're doing it wrong, I'm reaffirming both to myself and to the other people around me that I'm doing it right. So if you look at some of the internet pundits who are like, oh, these people are terrible Americans for X, Y, and Z reason, they're trying to police what it means to be American. They're trying to say what it means to be American. They're trying to police out people that they don't think should be considered for whatever reason, thusly proving that they are the epitome of Americanness. And that's disheartening. Um, and that's something that I talk to my students about all the time. Um, making somebody else smaller so that you can feel bigger, it's a problem. To sort of get into the example that I was using in the root word of bossy, women oppressing women according to the norms that were given to them by others. This is, this, this is the form of self-policing I see and feel the most often, in part because I am a white, mostly cis hetero woman in the United States of America. Uh, some forms that I have had used on me. Honey, hit those eyebrows with some wax or tweezers. They are out of control. Uh, she can't wear that. She just doesn't have the figure for it. That is too young an outfit for her. It's mostly around performing womanhood as far as your body is concerned. The clothes that you wear, the way that you look, 
and it and for some reason those things being unacceptable as far as the performance of femininity is concerned and a woman policing a woman based on those standards of beauty are historically standards of beauty that men male artists fashion designers uh, even just the men who talk about what a woman should look like as they're looking at her walking down the street, right? The whole smile, honey, it ain't that bad that you run into on the street is where the term resting bitch face kind of came from, despite that that in and of itself is also kind of a self-policing. It's fine. Those are all places where this comes out. Men are giving us these rules that women are then turning on other women and saying, oh, well, you're not doing it right. And so I am policing you by being kind of a jerk. One place that this is sort of hidden but also really kind of crummy. It has to do with the home. Women are supposedly the arbiters of the home if you look at traditional Western gender norms. But men decide the architectures of homes. Like they're the ones who decide the building. They're the ones who build the building. They're the ones who uh, decide the technology that's modern and goes in the building. Even when women are professionals to do with being arbiters of the home, they're the design experts. They are the interior decorators, they're still self-policed in such a way that if that female doesn't say, oh, well, I'm a wife and mother first, it doesn't matter how good she is at her job, she gets smacked by other self-policing women. And that's why you have situations, for instance, the New York Times obituary for rocket scientist Yvonne Brill, who worked at NASA doing jet propulsion and won the Distinguished Public Service Medal in 2001, the National Medal of Technology and Innovation in 2011. It talked about her being a wife and mother and making a really mean beef stroganoff before it mentioned that she was a renowned scientist. This isn't new and it's not going away either. And this is not meant to give you the impression that women are just self-policers and that we're the only ones who really do it. False. Self-policing happens in all kinds of groups. But we see we see a lot of self-policing in statements like, you're not American enough, right? You're not liberal enough, you're not black enough or Korean enough or Indian enough or Catholic enough or Muslim enough. We see a lot of people saying, well, you're supposed to be this thing, but you're doing it wrong. This gets really overwhelming when you're in multiple groups in which self-policing seems to be a time-honored tradition. If you're female, that is a huge amount of self-policing that is happening from the entire female portion of the society. And policing, just constant harassment from the non-female portions of society. If you are a person of color, people in your ethnicity telling you how to perform your ethnicity, you have people in other ethnicities telling you how to perform your ethnicity, like it just gets really overwhelming. And it feels sort of like you're smacked all the time. What some people don't realize is when somebody you recognize as a person who cares for you, self-polices you, that it can be worse. If a family member tells you that you aren't enough, that you aren't performing whatever thing that you're supposed to be performing in concert with them correctly, whatever it is they are expecting you to perform, whether it's femininity or masculinity or ethnicity or race, this is a source of really in the home microaggression, right? If your parent, if your sibling, if your spouse turns to you and and does that, it feels almost like a betrayal. It feels almost like they're telling you that you yourself aren't good enough to be 
a person that they care about. And sometimes it's veiled in a, well, I'm telling you this because I don't want somebody else to tell you that you're being female wrong or that you're being our ethnicity wrong. But these little things coming from people who are supposed to be like you, who are supposed to accept you, not even just from strangers telling you how to be, can be really harmful, can be really demoralizing, destroy your self-esteem, and can be a really big reason why people become estranged from their supposed loved ones because it doesn't feel healthy. It can feel really toxic. Hearing these constant little corrections of your behavior can get really toxic. Whether it's coming from people that you know, strangers on the street, coworkers, internet at large, it can hurt. And it also has in it this idea that a group cannot have diversity within it. That if I am sitting around with a group of white women, we can't disagree. We can't perform womanhood differently. We can't choose to lead different lives or have different professions or different priorities. It has within it this idea that there's only one way to be a member of the group. And when you take into consideration stuff like intersectionality, right? I am a part of multiple groups. You are a part of multiple groups. And that's true for every human being, whether they recognize it about themselves or not. It's just that perhaps for me, more of the groups that I'm in are privileged than yours or that more of the groups you are in are privileged than mine. So to recap, self-policing is any group enforcing norms within themselves. And there's a good side to self-policing, self-policing out bullying so that it's not really allowed within your little subculture group. But there's also a not good side to self-policing like body shaming or telling somebody that they're not enough. Thanks for listening to Urban Teaspoon. Look for me on Twitter, Instagram, and even Snapchat at Urban Teaspoon. This episode, research, written, directed, recorded, and edited by me.